welcome to Sloot Era! Sloot Era! Woo! <laughs> episode 3. Dating apps. Dating apps. I can't believe we made it to episode 3. I know, and people have been really liking it, which yeah, is really lovely. That's very exciting. I actually met up with a friend who broke up with their partner literally a week after my breakup. So we met up and spoke about our respective breakups and then parted ways and it was the day that the episode was released and they were like, I'm now going to go and listen to your episode on breakups. And then they were like live tweeting me it being like, this is so affirming. Oh my God. (laughs) This episode is all about dating apps. Dating apps. Whether you love them, hate them what you're on them for, profile tips. Yeah, what you should put in your bio. I might be rewriting my bio in this episode (laughs) because I am back on the apps. (laughs) My perspective as someone who's been on them, loved them. What's interesting for you is they weren't around back in the day when... Yeah, when I was first dating, so that was my first foray as a 27-year-old, first time on dating apps. So you get to see them through fresh eyes. Fresh eyes. But shall we kick it off with a little sum-up of our weeks? Yes. And do a little tarot pull? Judgment. Ooh. Ooh. You're experiencing a lot of judgment at work at the minute. Yeah, (laughs) no one likes me. (laughs) I'm the weird queer article at work, and I've gone from being... Amongst many weird queer arty they thems she has to cis guys who yell so many men. <laughs> okay, judgment, rebirth, inner calling, absolution. Oh, this is all about hearing the call of your higher consciousness and being ready to act. Let go of your old self and step into the newest version of who you really are. It can often indicate you need to make a life-changing decision. Tune in to your higher self, trust your judgment, and know you're on the right path. If you need clarity on the situation, look to your past and life lessons to guide you. That feels very relevant, to be fair. It talks a lot as well about a purging process that's going to leave you refreshed and ready to take on new challenges. So David has asked me to move in, and in getting prepped for that, I've been kind of clearing through things that I don't want to move with. I feel like I'm really drawing a line under things and, like, fully getting the closure that I didn't really get from my ex but I'm giving it to myself finally like shedding everything and I'm really excited to have a new home I'm gonna go back to a city living uh, with my new man these estate agents get back to us send us all the good vibes because my god the housing crisis is so real but yeah I think good things are on the horizon I'm just waiting for everything to fall into place in comparison to where I was this time last year, couldn't be more different. Definitely a bit more feral and unhinged now. Not in a rude way, but that speaks more to who you are. Yeah, I've I've learned that I'm actually just a very chaotic person. Who and I think was, you've embraced that in a very yeah, joyful, lovely way. way. Whereas I was trying to be something I wasn't. You're not prim and you're not proper and I don't think that's going to get you far. No. I was trying so hard to be that person and uh, be the person that cooked dinner every night and was his little wife without the ring and that is not who I am. I'm a chaotic mess most of the time, but it's fun. Right. Do you want to do your tarot pull? Sure. How's your week been? The tower. Ooh. Ooh. Oh. Massive change, upheaval, destruction and chaos. Might be a divorce, death of a loved one, financial <gasps> failure, health problems, natural disaster, job loss, or any event that shakes you to your core, affecting you spiritually, mentally and physically. It says there's no escaping this change. It's here to tear things up, create chaos and destroy everything in its path. But then it says in brackets, but trust me, it's for your highest good. 
Just when you think you're safe and comfortable, a tower moment hits and throws you for a loop. A lightning bolt of clarity and insight cuts through the lies and illusions you've been telling yourself and the truth comes to light. Destruction allows new growth to emerge and your soul can evolve. These moments are necessary for your spiritual growth. Okay, I think as that went on, it, yeah. I, I understood it a bit more. I don't know, it seems a bit extreme to say that my breakup was a tower moment, because I don't think... Your actual breakup, I think you've handled like an absolute boss. It's one of those things of like, oh yeah, that's a really objectively horrible experience, but I do think I've taken good learnings from it, and I think it has helped me tap back into things that I want and how I want to live my yeah. life. Before, when I've been dating, I've sort of unconsciously kind of been following the like relationship escalator vibe even though I don't want that so the relationship escalator being like you meet someone you go on dates you have sex then you get more serious and meet their family and then you get married and then you have kids and it kind of goes dum 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 done unwittingly that has sometimes played into my relationship dynamic not even in a way where I think it's been enforced by the other person I think it's just so present in society that that's where I was looking for my validation we're kind of conditioned to do that because I think this breakup obviously it was sad and I'm still grieving it in a certain way but it was also kind of like a reminder of like oh I really like my life and I like who I am and my life feels very full you're such a full and well-rounded person as you are Yeah, and I think even when I'm in a relationship now or dating, I want to focus more on just enjoying it, like, and just being present. And I think often people who are a bit anxious in relationships, it's that thing of kind of, oh, I have to be doing something or something Mm. is wrong. And if things are still and nothing is happening, that somehow feels more nerve wracking to me. So maybe it's to do with that. I'm scared now that, like, tomorrow I'm going to get hit by a bus or something. (laughs) Um, I mean, if I do, then this is proof for everyone that tarot is real. Tarot Um, is real. No, I think, like, obviously you had your breakup and that was your big pivotal moment. Hmm. But I've seen so much growth from you. And you feel, to me, like, kind of back where you were when we first met. In that you're, like, super into going after your writing and facilitating again going on dates, putting yourself first. Like, you've got your, like, vavavoom back. If you get hit by a bus, I'll visit you in A&E. Thanks. <laughs> I should hope so. <laughs> <laughs> My God. You that... didn't visit me in A&E. I offered to come with you. Yeah, that's true. Just because I give you anaphylactic shock one time. <laughs> one time. <laughs> well, sort of gave sort you. Of. I didn't force feed her a peanut. I think it's important to say. Yeah, there was some cross-contamination vibe. But, like, every everyone that's put me into anaphylactic shock were in my life or are still in my life for a very long time, so... And I guess, as well, it's people that are in your life for a very long time, so, like, chances are, statistically, <laughs> if it's going to be anyone... Yeah, like, it's going to be someone who's been kicking about for a while. Yeah, because it's like, think of all the times I didn't give you anaphylactic yeah. shock. And this is just one out of a million. Just one night that happened to be your sister's birthday. <laughs> I thought we could start with a history lesson. Yay! (laughs) Katie's back again with her facts. So the word dating first came about in... Well, the first use of the word is often attributed to American columnist George Ade in the Chicago Record in 1896. 
so basically he tells a story about this guy called Artie whose girlfriend was seeing other men uh, and when he confronted her he said I suppose the other boys fill in all my dates and it is written like that wow <laughs> uh, which alludes to the dates in his girlfriend's diary that may have been filled by plans hey. with other guys I guess the reason I started looking into this was because I was first thinking about the history of dating apps in general because I was suddenly like they seem so omnipresent in our life but they're actually a relatively new invention. I think that's the thing is it's not just dating apps that are relatively recent, but also dating because back in the day, you know, women couldn't have property or anything until they were married. So when you were courting people, it wasn't really with love in mind. It was was all finances. It looked very, very different to what it does now. I would say people of my parents' age are sometimes like, oh, well, why can't you just meet people in real life? It's natural. My mum does not (laughs) understand and is terrified of dating apps. And it's like dating actually before that also wasn't really quote unquote natural in the sense of like you were specifically and quite strategic looking for men who would up your station. Yeah, and a lot of the time it was, you know, sometimes it was cousins and things. Like... Yeah, because you got to keep it in the bloodlines. Yeah, strong bloodlines. Um, and apparently one of the reasons it started to change was actually because of Queen Victoria and Prince Albert, because they were actually a love match and they were very, very much in love. Yeah. Um, and also it was quite public. So that was kind of one of the big shifts to, like, going for love rather than status. Yeah. So many things are called, like... Prince Albert this and Prince Albert that because she just went crazy when he died and was like name everything after him. Do you know what also is called a Prince Albert? Do you want to say it for the listeners? Cock piercing. (laughs) (laughs) That's because as soon as you said I'm Prince Albert I was like oi oi. I saw your face change and I was like oh do you not know about history? (laughs) No I mean I don't know that much but I wonder where that comes from. I'm gonna yeah I'm gonna google it. I'm scared. (laughs) Prince Albert piercing etymology. A Prince Albert piercing is a ring piercing which goes through the urethral meatus, the end of the penis, Mm -hmm. and then out of the bottom wall of the penis. It's one of the most popular male genital piercings alongside the Jacob's Ladder, which involves multiple piercings along the underside of the shaft. Oh my god, that sounds horrific. Legend has it that Queen Victoria's husband, Prince Albert, had a urethra piercing to, mm-hmm, to assist the hang of his genitals within relatively tight trousers. There's also a theory that Albert had Peyronie's disease where the penis curves and the piercing might have been an attempt to straighten it. But none of this has been proven and we should all take it with a pinch of salt. Hmm. That's mad that it's actually named after him. Apparently it's less painful than a nipple piercing. Damn, maybe I could get one if I had a penis because I've had my nipple done and that was horrific. And it, well, apparently it heals relatively quickly. Okay, I'm going to stop reading about this anyway. (laughs) Um, Right, back to the history of dating dating apps. (laughs) Uh, So the other thing that you would need back in the day, which obviously you don't anymore, is a chaperone. Oh, of course, yeah. Mm -hmm. So you didn't get frisky in the rose bushes. And it would usually be a female member of the family, like an aunt. And when that stopped was in World War One, because women were starting to work in the war effort, and then that increased their freedom. Uh... Also... (laughs) Apparently because women were allowed to cycle, so they could just cycle on their own. Started with cycling and then they travelled on trains by themselves and then that became a place that you'd meet people. That's mad then that feminism had such a big stake. You know, when you think about the concept of like the man pays for the meal, he opens the door, he kind of has control of the date Mm. in traditional terms. Women were a lot more empowered and that meant they were also empowered to go for men and to date. But 
the societal expectations of what they should want were still there. Like now, yeah. I feel like it's more of an acceptable choice to not date or to not get married. Yeah. I think there's still stigma attached to it, don't get me wrong, but a lot better than what it used to be. But I suppose back then, even if you were empowered to go on dates by yourself and think more about what do I actually want for a husband or there yeah. was it was still bound up in all it of this still like, societal I've, conditioning. Yeah, if I find a husband that I love and I want to be with, he still has to have money and has to have a certain level of like status and yeah so the traditional recorded history of dating does focus heavily on straight relationships so all the old courting rules are obviously around men and women and although on the surface it seemed as though queer people weren't dating it was happening but it was just very closely guarded people use clever codes in magazines to indicate to those in the know that they were looking for a partner so people would use the newspaper columns of women's magazine to send coded messages out to people that they wanted to date that were of the same gender and gossip magazines in the 30s were used in a similar way is it a carnation is like a sign that you're queer if you're wearing it. Yeah. Well, I heard even later on because I think it's something to do with Birkenstocks and about how a lot of lesbians wore Birkenstocks, but as a... I know there was a big thing with monocles. If you wore a monocle, that was a sign that you were a lesbian. I think it's interesting how, like, you know, today... It's not obviously on the same level, but you definitely do judge whether someone is queer by... If they have a nose ring. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's always been very... Thumb ring. It's been very based in that kind of, yeah, physical indicators, I suppose. Yeah. Moving on to the modern day dating mm-hmm. apps. We've put some polls and things on our stories. We're yeah. going to get some interaction from... Is it is it right to call them the audience? I just call them sleuths. <laughs> I think sleuths is enough. Okay, so our from sleuths, sleuths. <laughs> have been in touch. Let's hear it from the sleuths. <laughs> The question that we asked was, what's your dating app of choice? What's your dating app of choice? And what do you think people voted for? So, my dating app of choice is Tinder. I've been thinking about this a lot because we talked about it the other day. Like, because ours are different, if you want to say what yours is. I've had most success with Hinge. I feel like Field, which is more of a queer poly vibe, Mm. should be my favourite. Because it's specifically very about, like, being polyamorous and things. But I just... For one thing, it's janky as hell. Like, it's the interface. It freezes all the time. Yeah, and I never get any notifications from it, and then I go on it, and I'm like, oh, actually, I've missed all these messages. So that's a shame. I feel like maybe one day that will become my favourite if they improve it. But yeah, I I quite like Hinge, but I know you're more of a Tinder gal. Yeah, I'm definitely more of a Tinder gal. I think because when I was on dating apps... I was just looking for casual sex, casual dates. I wasn't that interested in what they had to offer as long as they weren't grim and I thought we would vibe. So whereas Hinge, the profiles are so detailed. Yes, so I suppose because Hinge is the one where it says it's the dating app designed to be deleted. Yeah. So it's much more, oh, you're out to meet And I was not looking for that. And I enjoy the thrill of the swipe with mm. Tinder. I think you used to watch me do it. I'd be like, bam, 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 bam. And I was very fussy. And I just had more success on Tinder in general. I do find Tinder is very validating. Like, I, if I'm feeling bad, it's nice to go on my Tinder and be like, but I have 103 matches. Yeah, <laughs> even it's though like, it's fine. What did the sleuths say? The sleuths mainly voted for Hinge uh, oh. and Tinder and Field per second. A fact that I found very interesting would you say that tinder or hinge came first my instinct says tinder Mm -hmm. i think it will be hinge because tinder feels like such a byproduct what was that one that was always match.com that's like the original dating app yes it was for finding the love of your life Mm -hmm. 
So it makes sense that just fucking has come out of that. So Tinder and Hinge actually came out at the same time. Oh, I was wrong. But Tinder was more successful because I had the same thing where I was like, I could swear that Tinder was first. Tinder feels like, I don't know. I think it was just the one I always heard about when I was younger. It's just such a cultural phenomenon. But Hinge was less successful. But I would say I've seen it become more successful as I've gotten older or the age group I'm in responds better to it. Yeah, because when I tell people that I met David on Tinder, the reaction I've had from older people has been like, oh, you're brave. Bumble had nothing. I hate Bumble. (laughs) I know this about you. (laughs) I don't know why I hate it so much. I think for me, it's because they tried to set it up as, oh, we're really feminist. So women have to message first. And I think that A, that doesn't really make any difference. Like, (laughs) that's not making any positive impact or change. And B, is very rooted in like the gender binary and straightness because what if you're both women and you match and then you've got a 24 hour deadline and it Wait, just seems a bit pointless mis- yeah the only thing i do like about it is the branding where like um, instead of being like you've got a new match it will be like the b emojis and like you've got a new buzz in the hive yeah <laughs> i got my first unsolicited dick pic on bumble i've just... never had one i've only really had one or maybe two you'd get sent a picture but it would be blurry and i always found that really annoying because as innocent and naive as i was i never assumed it would be anything explicit i was like oh gosh what is this and then clicked on it and then it sharpens into focus and it was this massive penis and i was like oh (gasps) i just remembered about the unsolicited dick pic i got to take the dick pic he'd been in the dark he'd um lit it with his laptop to like light the penis it was like a beautifully lit penis of course I was like, nah, but I just told all my friends about this, like, laptop lit cop. Yeah, wow. I wonder he... how much thought goes into it. Oh, I've spoken to guys, a lot of thought goes into dick pics. <laughs> like, the angle, and they always take them from below, because then your cock looks bigger. Right. I just asked for pictures of people's dogs, because that yeah, was... Yeah, wholesome. There was one guy I spoke to, I hope in a way that he's listening, <laughs> We never met up because he actually lived kind of far away, but I was low-key obsessed with him because he had like a dog in his pictures, which was fine. But as I was like swiping through the pictures, I noticed there was one photo of him and on the wall behind him was like a framed oil painting of his dog. Oh my gosh. (laughs) And I was like, yes. Um, And then I was like, oh my gosh, I love your dog and I love the picture of it. And he was like, thank you. My dog's name is Scamp Doolittle. (laughs) Oh my god. Why didn't you marry this man? Would you rather date someone from an app who you know in real life or something else slash it's complicated what do you think most people responded i think that people responded in real life because i think that everyone thinks that they're better than being someone on tinder do you know what i mean <laughs> yeah because you're always a bit embarrassed to be like i'm on tinder you're right most people have said in real life i know exactly what you mean about that sense of embarrassment of being on dating apps and i think it's a shame because actually again i think it's a very empowering thing to just be like actually this is exactly what i'm looking for let's just get to the point as well because my boyfriend david is not from here i wouldn't have met him it actually let me really branch out and meet new people who weren't connected to my friends and because we live in such a small place I just find it really useful to just be able to say I'm polyamorous outright. From my experience anyway, like flirting and things in real life, I had one experience where I was making out with somebody in a club and then she realised that I was there with an ex and I was kind of like, oh yeah, but we're friends now. I'm actually poly, so it's 
you know, I mean, it was a bigger conversation than we probably could have yeah. gone into in a club. But she got really offended and angry. She effectively saw it as like, oh, you're just using me or it's almost like cheating. Uh, or... Yeah. Basically had made a lot of assumptions which weren't true and which we couldn't unpack right then and there because it was, you know, a casual kiss in a club. Yeah. Um, it's one of those things where, yeah, I think the onus is often on the polyamorous person to be very overt because it's not the norm. Yeah. It's but like it's... you can't wear a badge that says, hey, I'm queer and I'm polyamorous. Exactly. Yeah, and it just being on apps, it's so much easier to just be like, I'm Polly, this yeah. is the situation, without I it being a bit weird. I found it easier in terms of talking to women, because I was in a heterosexual relationship for so long. Everyone just thought I was straight. And I think with women as well, it's like, is she flirting with me, or are we just friends? Personally... I would rather meet them on a dating app. You don't waste your time. One person said it's complicated and then message separately. For them, it was to do with a hybrid where you live in a small enough town or community that you see them on the apps and in person, but it's not for the faint of heart. Yeah, well, the person that I was sleeping with casually, I already knew and had known for a long time, but then they popped up. I swiped right. We spoke a bit, I panicked, and just deleted the app. And then they DM'd me. I got some good things out of it. So then, something else which we had asked is how people prefer to communicate before meeting somebody in real life. Most people, as you would probably expect, said text or messaging. A second was voice notes. Nobody said video chat or phone call, and nobody said something else. Can you imagine <laughs> if someone was like, let's FaceTime, like, straight away? Do you know David doesn't like voice noting? But because I was sending him voice notes, that's why he was sent, because he knew that I enjoyed it. I find voice notes a bit easier... And I think also it helps me get a vibe of them more than texting. I don't know, it just kind of gets you out of the rut of messaging. I think it makes it more exciting. It's so easy on dating apps to just fall into such boring conversation. And I don't think it's often because either of people are boring. It's just you're following the standard. Oh, if you're boring, I, I'm done. If your opener is... How was your day? I'm out. But I think with voice notes, it's nice because it adds this element of like, like, I suppose spontaneity. And it just takes the stuntedness out of sexting. Yeah, I can imagine I'd find, because I don't really sex with people before I meet them either. I don't find it turns me on at all. But I could imagine that it might if it was actually voice-wise. Yeah, it, it really makes a difference. And actually, I think I find, like, I'm voice-noting somebody at the minute, and our more, like, flirtatious messages when they're over voice-note, I find a lot more sincere. I think mm. when it's over text, it does feel very, um, you're just ticking the boxes, I'm saying the right things, but it doesn't connect. Because, you know, when you sext, but you could, like, be doing the dishes. Yeah. You can't really do that if it's a voice-note yeah. as much. So it feels more intentional. I was basically voice noting somebody and I said something flirtatious and she got quite flustered and hearing that over like voice note versus seeing it in a message. Yeah, it's so different. Yeah, much more hot, I think. Yeah. But yeah, most people do prefer texting. And I think when I have started voice noting people, there's often the initial, like, fear and the initial, like, oh, I'm really bad at this, I don't know what to say. Yeah. Which, again, I find quite cute. You get the, like, nerves and the buzz. Yeah. And, yeah. and I think it sometimes puts me at ease because we're both tripping over our words a bit and being like, sorry, I can't quite remember. And it just... Yeah. It feels nice to acknowledge that. It humanises people. Yes, exactly. Also, I really enjoy it because um, often people compliment my voice. <laughs> you do have a lovely voice. Thank you. I mean, that's honestly, voice noting on dating apps is a big part of why we're doing this podcast. 
dating profiles. I think there's two sides of this in that there is writing one from our perspectives and then what do we judge in other people's. So do you have any... Well, you said that your Tinder didn't even have a profile. Bitch, I don't need a profile. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, this is something that really bugs David about me now. He's like, I can't believe you didn't even have a pro... Because he would always read people's... And I was like, no, I don't need one. I swear you did have one. On Field and on Hinge, because you kind of have to. But on Tinder, you don't have to. Mm. I also didn't really know what to put. And it didn't matter. Shall I read my profile out? Yes. And we can judge it and maybe even improve it because I do feel like I need to revamp. Oh, I should probably change my gender actually because... Oh, yeah. Gender queer, not woman. Maybe I'll do that now. So my bio is uh, queer writer looking for connections of all kinds from pals to lovers and everything in between. And then the little sparkly star emojis because I really like them. I'm solo poly, starting to explore my kinkier side and I'm very switchy but also really enjoy cuddles. She, they, no cis straight men, please... I like to give something people can ask about, so I lead with the fact that I'm a writer. Yeah. Um, I want to make it clear what my vibe is in dating. I don't make it very long. Um, I think if I was to do one now, for like who, what I was doing then, it would be like looking for casual fun dates and sexy time, illustrator, creative, roller skater... Yeah. Like queer illustrator. One half of Sluteropod. One half of Sluteropod. <laughs> looking um, for casual sex and casual dates. I've just gone on Hinge and guess what one of my prompts is? What? This year I really want to start a podcast. Oh, you did it! <laughs> Yay! It's lovely. I actually was um, helping a friend who hasn't really dated before and it was like her first proper time on dating apps um, set up her profile. It was quite sweet when we were going through it because she was really nervous about like what to put and I think it is really easy to pick it up because you're like, it sounds really like nav but it's almost like when you do a CV and you're like yeah. instantly critical of it because you're viewing it in in detail but someone's gonna look at it for two seconds and yeah decide if they like you or not my main advice was i was like put something that shows a bit of your personality like a joke or something yeah yeah i always say like put something specific about yourself so like on my hinge i have that i'm like really interested in sherlock holmes and i'm a big sherlock holmes fan because yeah it's just a bit weird and it's like yeah i'm i will happily talk about that and then put like yeah what you're looking for even if you don't really know that's okay to put and then yeah just put something that shows like your personality a bit of a funnier one and one of the things that she put was like looking for someone i think it was like to go bird watching with me and then she was like oh that's so lame and i was like are you looking for somebody to to go go yeah and i think if i came across a girl and she was like looking for someone to go bird watching with me like that is so wholesome people talk about beige flags now which are things like shrek is my favorite film don't go out with me if you don't like pineapple on pizza don't swipe right if you're not going to message me first i hate this app (laughs) yeah i hate this app i don't know why i'm on here uh shit chat guaranteed i hate when people are self-deprecating in that way it's just a bit of a downer yeah it's like you're meant to be selling yourself Mm mm-hmm so speaking of beige flags, um, we did ask people what their like red and green flags were. <laughs> so we've got only group photos. Oh yeah, that's such a red flag because you know they're ugly. <laughs> yeah, and also even if they're not, it's just I don't know who you are. Yeah, and you have no self confidence. Somebody has put generic overused jokes about pineapple on pizza. Prefer they'd leave it blank. <laughs> yeah, honestly, just don't have a profile. If they're too keen and their picture has them holding a gun or a fish. Gun and fish men, relentless. <laughs> 
relentless. Yeah, I, again, have not really experienced this, but it was ridiculous watching you swipe on Tinder and seeing how many people own guns. Yeah, it's very worrying. White men with pictures from their soul-finding trip to Africa. Oh, yeah. Someone else has said, if they start talking about rules, and then in brackets, the man gets respect, the woman has to earn it. Oh, I've seen them. Really? Yeah. Like, I'll only date you if you'll if you let me pay for dinner and don't mind, like, a tap on the ass when you walk through the door. Really grim. Then green flags. Uh, someone has said when they block out other people's faces with emojis or blur it, which I was like, actually, that's quite a good way of doing it, where you can still look, you can still have a picture of you in a group photo that looks nice, yeah. but not be confused with the other people. Someone else put good meme taste. I do think taste in memes, i.e. sense of humour, is quite a big thing. Yeah. One of my friends, um, one of their exes, was really lovely and perfectly nice. And I think he really struggled with the decision to break up with them. Just because it was so based on, like, every time we, like, look at memes together, it just doesn't mesh. And oh, I, was like, I just feel yeah. like that can't be, that's not a good enough reason to break up with someone. And I'm like, but it's not about the memes, it's about what it represents. Yeah. <laughs> the sense of humour isn't aligning. Uh, and then somebody else has put 50-50 relationship, which I assume is kind of it being equal rather than yeah. there's all these expectations for you based on yeah. whatever gender. Green flags. People that actually like ask you questions about your profile. People who have animals in their profiles. Red flag if they say they don't like animals. Have you ever seen that? Yes. Wow. Yeah, I don't trust those people. I think they're mass murderers. So, Meg, what's your best dating app chat-up line? Oh, God, I'm trying to remember it in detail now. I've got to deliver it properly. You remind me of porridge. And I said, why do I remind you of porridge? And he said, you're something hot that I'd like to spoon in the morning. (laughs) Which I thought was pretty good. Yeah, as they go. (laughs) And then I started talking to him, and his chat was terrible. I was so disappointed. I find chat-up lines like that they happen and then it's a bit like well what now like i once met this guy in a club and he like sidled up and was like come here often which i know is a line but i've never actually heard that used in real I life never no that's awful <laughs> so i just sort of said like yeah i do do you because i did come there often and he was like oh uh no uh, oh god <laughs> i found out later from my mum that apparently the way you're supposed to respond <laughs> Is it's meant to go, come here often, and then you say, yes, but only in the mating game. And then you have sex. <laughs> Ew. Yeah, it's grim, isn't it? But yeah, I feel like after somebody says a line like that, See, I don't I, know what they I expect. I thought the response would be, yeah, but I've never seen you hit before. And then you like... Uh, I mean, yeah. I'm, you know, my mum could be wrong. I just... Um, Who says mating? I don't know. Your mum. <laughs> I know a girl who is so specific with what she's looking for. So I think it's it's like has to work in science, so like be a doctor or a biologist. Be like a doctor. Has to be over six foot has to um, do a sport to a particular level. Like, not to a professional level, but to a particular level. That's very niche. <laughs> it's very niche. Um, yeah, and a few other things. And yeah, is really specific about the height thing to the point that she basically insulted our mutual friend's boyfriend because he's not six foot. She was like, yeah, he's fine, but he's like only 5'10", and then was like, oh, what? <laughs> It's oh really horrible. God. Also, one of those times when you're like, that's really awful. And if, if the genders were switched oh, here. Yeah. This man was like, no fatties, 
must wear makeup, must be this high, must, must work in this job, must enjoy the gym, must like making little cakes for me. <laughs> we would be outraged. <laughs> You know? the making little cakes just really got me. Must make me small cakes. <laughs> little cakes. No bigger than 10 centimetres <laughs> radius. Because <laughs> you can't become a fatty. Yeah. Obviously a lot of them think that, but I've never... Well, actually I've come across a few profiles that say similar things. But then you judge them, yeah. rightfully so. I suppose different people have different deal breakers, but I just think if you're looking for those specific things, you're missing the important things. With dating apps, you're obviously swiping, and even if you start off not trying to, you end up making certain judgments just off of small details, because that's how it's set up. There's certain things like, I wouldn't mind dating somebody who goes to the gym a lot, but if they mention it on their profile, my instant thought is like, boring, and they're not a swipe. To me, it's like, that's their whole life. It might not be, but that's just my assumption. Yeah, Um, we're all judgmental dickheads on dating apps. (laughs) But yeah, some to different degrees. And yeah, she, this girl was dating someone who, well, this guy worked quite a high-powered job in finance, but she was saying all this stuff like, oh, I guess, you know, I can be the breadwinner of the family because she's like a doctor. This bitch needs to get over herself. So next I thought we could talk about the process of once you've been talking to somebody on a dating app for a while, deciding the first date, like the process Yes, because we had polls about this. So one of the questions was, what would you ideally want to do on a first date? Most people said go for drinks slash dinner, but there wasn't that much difference between that and doing an activity together, like mini golf or bowling. I think we're split on this, aren't we? Yeah, so I am an activity date kind of gal, because I think just sitting across from someone with a drink is a bit intimidating to me as someone with chronic anxiety. Having something in my hand and something to do and then it kind of generates conversation and maybe a bit of competition and flirting is a bit easier to then go and have drinks afterwards. I'm going on a couple of dates in the next few weeks and I think I want to start doing a mix now of, yeah, a bit of an activity but a space where you can sit down and talk more. Well, Katie has a pub that she takes all her dates to. (laughs) It's just, it does very cheap, nice pizza. Yeah, and it's It's a very good pub. (laughs) I want to go again soon. But I can um, take you on a first date there if you like. Oh my god, please take me on a date. (laughs) I would love that. But yeah, you seem to always go for the dinner and drinks. I think I just like the opportunity to properly chat and I think if if I go straight into an activity, I can't quite describe it, but it makes me feel a bit like I'm just there with someone I don't really know and the questions I want to ask don't feel right for the activity. Yeah. I think doing a mix where there's some space of like, oh, you know, maybe we'll eat and then go do something would be fine. To be fair, the date that I'm going on this Sunday is going to be an activity because we're going to an exhibition about robots. Like mine and David's first date we did mini golf because you can be competitive and flirty and then and it's not too loud well it was literally just us no one else was playing mini golf we had the whole place to ourselves (laughs) which was a bit weird and then you can have a drink while you do it so Mm. it like loosens you up and then we had drinks afterwards a similar activity that i tried to do on a first date once was pool then you can go to the pub yeah sit down and do the pool but um it ended up i mean it was still a really fun date and it ended up okay because the person i was on the date with was lovely but um we had sought out like a pub in the city center with a pool table but the pub that we went to was really bizarre i'd never really been in there before it's kind of very like heavy metal. Um, we went in, it was incredibly loud because they were just blasting intermittently either heavy metal or ABBA. That's so my vibe. 
there was a pool table, but it was just this group of old men who were clearly like regulars who had like oh, a. Did they tournament. have the whole pound on the table thing going on? I've no idea. That's how you like put yourself in for the next game. Oh, I don't know, but they had a big like list of the leaderboard of yeah. who was winning, and I was like, I don't want to challenge them because no. neither of us were good at pool, and that was part of why we were doing it. Was it was like yeah. a joke that we'd had, but it ended up well. We went to Nando's, um, and I had my first ever Nando's, so nice. that was nice. I um, do recommend pool as a date activity. I also did it with David, and it's fun, flirty, and you can be quite tactile with each other. How long would you chat before meeting up with somebody, deciding to do a first date? I've had limited experience with this. With David, we spoke for literally 24 hours, and then I was like, let's just go on a date, because... From a previous date, I'd been talking to them for about a week and I went on the date and the worst happened and it was awful. So I figured I may as well just get it out the way. And then in terms of casual vibes, a little bit of talking and then meeting up. But I would say I'd rather just get it done. I vary, but to be honest, it tends to be more to do with my own convenience than... Yeah. I used to be very, like, talk for a long time before you decide you want to go on a date. Like, not as general advice to everyone else, but for me, because that was what See, I felt. I just can't be asked. I can't be asked to invest that much time into someone. I think it just made sense for me at the time. And it, you know, the first person I dated, we'd been speaking on, like, okay Cupid for, like, five or six months before on and off. I think it was just what I needed at that time to feel comfortable. Um, I think now it's just more of a like convenience thing of quite often it will be a few weeks just because I'm quite busy and sometimes they're quite busy Katie you're always busy (laughs) I have never met a busier human being and that's coming from me but yeah, I don't think now that I have like a hard and fast rule about we meet after this amount of time. I like a little bit of chat usually. But then I did go on a spontaneous date. I think part of what it is, is because we live out of the city, it's, it's... a commitment to go and meet somebody. So I want to know that at least we can have a chat. Yeah, see, I think everyone kind of came to me or was local. I don't think I would have felt comfortable like getting on a train and not being close to home. But the way I did it was... The men came to me. (laughs) I didn't need a profile and the men came to me. (laughs) Damn. I need some of what you've got. (laughs) So, worst first date experiences. Jesus Christ. I mean, uh, yeah. (laughs) You go first. We'll we'll start light. Well, I'll I'll read one of the responses that we've gotten. Um, Met up with the wrong guy after texting with too many guys at once on Snapchat. Very awkward. (laughs) Oh, good for her though. I kind of did that sort of recently, not in the same way and not as badly, but I bumped into somebody and we went on a bit of a spontaneous date. Yeah. And I sort of had them in my mind as somebody else else I'd been talking to around the same time. And it was only like a little bit into the conversation that I was like, oh, wait. (laughs) Oh, oh, that could have been really awkward. Yeah. I mean, it was fine because I find often with dates anyway, at the beginning, I'm very like, I'm really sorry if I forget anything you've told me. It's just, it kind of lives in a different space of my head than real life interaction. So I might repeat myself. I don't think I've had many horrific first dates. I've had some that haven't led anywhere. I've had ones which could have been bad if it was with the wrong person. Well, obviously I've spoken about the pool one. Yeah. But there was another one where the day that we met was the day of Queen Elizabeth II's funeral. Yes! (laughs) Yes! 
That was a good one. And we were like, oh, we'll meet and go to the pub. Obviously, a lot of the pubs were closed because a lot of things were closed. But I'd found one which I thought was open. We went and it turned out that it wasn't until a lot later in the afternoon. We were like, well, we don't want to hang around for that long. We went to a different pub, which is Didn't usually... Did you go to a Weatherspoon? No. No, I wish we had in some ways. Um, <laughs> no, we went to, um, I can't remember what brand of pub it is, but it's usually a sports pub. So I was like, oh, okay, that's weird that it's open. Yeah. We went in and we're kind of like in that initial like, haha, like giggly, like, yeah. you know, a bit awkward, but there's a certain frisson. And we went in and we were hit with like a wall of hush. They were watching the funeral. So where they usually stream football and other sports, they were streaming the Queen's funeral live. Oh my God. And we were like, oh God we're going to be hate-crimed. Oh. <laughs> Just two queers here out for the date while Lizzie gets put in the ground. Yeah, we went in, went upstairs, tried to do the date for a little bit, but, like, really hushed. Every time we laughed, you could feel, like, everybody's gaze on us. Oh, um, my god! And I was like, let's try and find somewhere else. So, yeah, we left. But to be honest, sometimes a bit of adversity that you face together in a date, like that like the weird pool situation I think actually is very bonding because you're already working together yeah and also I think you kind of gauge what the other person is like in those situations yeah um but yeah otherwise my first dates have been okay I'll probably keep mine a bit short my first ever first date ish was from a dating app I'd been talking to him for about a week Um, he was very keen, very flirty, but seemed nice. And then we all went on a night out. I was messaging him, um, and asked him to meet me at the bar. And that's where my memory ends. And it all ended up with, uh, me reporting it to the police. I'm not going to go into graphic detail, maybe in another episode. But as first dates go, it was pretty rough. Um, I forget that that was your first, like, you'd obviously was, dated before, but it had always been people you'd known. Or... That was my first time meeting up with a stranger from a dating app. And then loads of people told me to delete dating apps and that they weren't safe and all these things. But I did everything that I was meant to to do I spoke to them first I met in a public place I was with my friends and it happened anyway so I think that you can try and protect yourself as much as possible I um heard a story this girl went on a date off a dating app I think it might have even been like the second or third date they went to a restaurant together and halfway through she started feeling a bit like sick and a little bit like weird Um, And she was like, I'm feeling really ill and I think I'm going to have to go home. And he was like, oh, okay, do you want me to take you home in a taxi kind of thing? And she was like, oh, you know what? Yeah, okay, because they'd met. He came in, she went up to her room and then he left. She fell asleep. And then a few hours later, she woke up feeling really like drowsy and strange and heard like this banging from downstairs and she was like what is this what's going on luckily didn't go downstairs to check just called the police immediately the police arrived this guy had stayed yeah laid out plastic sheeting (gasps) and had all of these tools and was literally going to murder her wow that's worse than mine and that's saying something that's awful also i probably ill-advisedly spoke to my friend who was just trying to date about this i was like I have, i've got a terrible oh story oh my god yeah but again she did all the right things she felt unwell she went home he mm-hmm. left what i tend to do is like i mean i think it's pretty bog standard things that everybody does Show and like your you say. location mm-hmm. let people know where you're at let people know 
when you'll be back, that kind of thing. Try and be in a public setting. But at the end of the day, you can only do... So much. So much. I was talking, actually, to somebody about this a few months ago. We were talking about how something she does is when they're talking about going on a date, if they arrange to meet somewhere, and then she'll ask to change it to somewhere that's more public or that she feels safer for some reason. Yeah. And if they're anti it, then she just cuts it off immediately. That's a really good tactic. It's not even necessarily that they were going to do something terrible but even if they were just not that understanding it's kind of a sign of like i don't really want to be dating somebody who doesn't get this like and who isn't invested in making me feel safe yeah so yeah that's quite a good tactic i went into it and the worst thing that could have happened happened and i met david on tinder he is the one that was the perfect gentleman i told him that i'd been on a date a couple of weeks before and that the guy was a creep and he did everything he could to make me feel comfortable and it's ended up really well now i'm gonna move in with him so even though i wasn't looking for a boyfriend (laughs) one thing that might put your faith back into the dating app verification process when i was on holiday in greece with my little sister i got like the dating apps up one night when we were drinking and i was like oh my gosh should we like set you should we set up a fake account and you can like run it and it'll be really funny and we set it up but it was just like a raccoon from like different angles (laughs) who we called lorna but yeah pretty swiftly they took that down and she's now banned from tinder (laughs) oh no that's so rough it's fine i think she likes the clout yeah I used to be very, very anxious about dating apps and going on first dates. And I think you were when you started dating. Yeah. I think there's lots of reasons why you might be and why people are. I think for me, I felt like there was a lot of weight on it somehow. And it was this feeling of like, what if I don't like them and then I have to cancel or something? And the reality is... The stakes are so low. They are very low. And I think as long as you're being open, honest and like kind enough, you can just have fun, like you say. If people don't like who you are, go find someone that does. It's just an opportunity to like meet Meet people people and get stories. I mean, all the stories that we've told over the course of this episode, like, you know, even on the weird dates or the bad ones, like for the most part, I'm still glad that I did them or yeah. learn from them or whatever. I think when you're first dating in generally, not just on the apps, but also when you first meet up with them, is I think that initial period, who you think you're talking to is more who you've built in your own head. And sometimes that can be something that seems negative, but I think actually I find it really reassuring to be like, oh, actually the nerves I'm feeling are based off of an idea that I have of someone. Yeah, and you're actually just a weirdo like I am. Yeah, <laughs> you're just a person. Off we go. My gold star moment is going roller skating again. I feel very good about it. It was really fun and it kind of feels nice to have bruised knees again. No, you seemed so happy and also you're really good at it. Thank you. I was like, wow, you said you were out of practice, but you can stand up and everything. (laughs) Mine very well may be the same. Learning to roller skate. Actually, no. Do you know what? Mine is linked to the show. Mine is that... Usually, my go-to for first dates is to meet at that one pub in the city centre and have a chat. This time around, I changed it up, and we'd actually agreed to do it already, so the date hasn't happened yet. And I felt really weirdly nervous about saying, actually, could we meet here instead and do this different thing instead? But I did it, and I'm really glad that I did, because I think I just responded to the vibe of what I was feeling about this particular dating situation. And that just felt really nice and quite like I was in tune with myself and what I wanted. And you were taking control.
Thank you all for listening. We hope you enjoyed. If you've got any feedback, let us know. We love getting your messages. Please rate us five stars on whatever you listen to your podcasts on. If you found anything in this episode triggering, I'll be giving Katie some resources to put in the show notes. And our next episode is going to be on... Masturbation. (laughs) Flick your beans, people. We're ready. (laughs) Slide ear eyes coming soon.